On this episode of Resi Week, CD has got a new CEO, Nouveau is done, and Azion partners with Nationwide. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 299, Interesting Partnerships. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good longtime friends. First, we have Mr. Jason Knott. He's the Chief Content Officer for CE Pro. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing great, Matt. You may not recognize Jason as he no longer has his luscious long locks, but he had to get them trimmed for Infocom. Got to be professional, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the one and only Garth Loban. He is the director of marketing at Athlona and the only one who continually puts me in their Infocom mock-ups. How you doing, Garth? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Gentlemen, we are going to kick uh, today's show off with some information and, and a news release that came out uh, early last week. Cedia has named its uh, new CEO, a uh, industry or kind of industry veteran. Um, Daryl Friedman is the new global president and CEO. Uh, if you don't know that name, he comes from uh, 30 years of nonprofit leadership, as well as most recently working with the Recording Academy, collectively known as the Grammys. Uh, so he's he, he kind of has a foot in the door in, in our world a little bit, uh, but I, I had a chance to speak with him on Monday, and I'm, I'm very excited for what he brings to the table. Jason, I understand you spoke with, with Daryl as well. He's walking into a, a good situation, I'll say, but there's definitely some, some challenges that he's, he's going to kind of inherit. Um, what are the, what was your impression of Daryl in in your speaking with him, and what do you think are the the maybe two things that he's going to either have to deal with or or want to deal with as he as he starts in November? So yeah, I had a conversation with him and uh, very professional and uh, was very familiar with the industry through uh, he was in the technical wing of the Grammys or the Recording Academy. Mm -hmm. So they work specifically with CEDIA to, to uh, endorse CEDIA's training uh, certification program, mm -hmm. I guess, seven years ago. So uh, he uh, is certainly familiar with CEDIA. Um, and I think you hit it right. Not a longtime industry guy, but a longtime association guy. Yeah. So, um, which is interesting because I, I think we were all were wondering if CDO was going to bring somebody in from the industry versus somebody who is a professional association person. Um, two things that I think are interesting is one is he immediately identified the lack of uh, exposure that CDO has in general amongst consumers. In fact, the quote that he gave me was that he, his wife, as soon as he was, saw the position his wife he looked over his wife's shoulder and she googled home technology installation and cedia never came up right so he's like you know that's not good it was his exact words that is not a good thing and it's something i think everybody has 
been wanting in the industry for a long time is for CD to have some sort of brand cachet or cachet for the membership with the consumers so that they know to look for that certification and it means something. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, the other thing is I, I hope that having, come, and I think this is a good thing having come from an association background for as long as he has, that there needs to be this really a delicate balance always between the association leadership and the board of directors. And so having his experience, I think will benefit because I believe he's going to, he's going to need to know when to tell the, the board, let me have the freedom to do my, what I want to do to move the association forward versus um, always being beholden to the group. And I've thought, you know, I've talked to many, uh, I've been in this business for a long time. So you talk to people who work in associations, it's sometimes a very thankless situation because all you need is one, one member who's beefing about something and then it can change the entire association's stance on something. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I feel like he's going to have uh, the strength of uh, you know backbone to be able to do what he needs to be right, having come from the Grammys. Also, it would be really cool if he could bring some like really cool Grammy acts to CD Expo. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say in, in my conversation with him, one of the, the really cool things that we kind of touched on was, although he's not from our industry, he, he was, as you mentioned, deal, deal, dealing with the technical arm. That's engineers. That's, that's uh, uh, mixed people. That's uh, touring people. It, it's, it, and it's not just them, but a large portion of it was that side. It was the technical side of the Grammys. It wasn't just the show that you see on TV. And we had a, I worked in that world a little bit. So we had a a fun little conversation about that, but he, he understands the, the need for the technical aspect of what we do, which I, I found to be really, really important. Garth, what does, what does success look like, uh, for, for Daryl in, in his first, you know, year or two as CEO, this is a role that, you know, it, I don't want to say it's been tumultuous, but it's the the association CEO position has has had its issues the last couple of years. What does success look like for him? Well, a couple of things. It's 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 also interesting to note. It's not often that somebody in our industry uh, acquires a new role and it gets written up in Variety and Billboard. So yeah. for one thing, it does create some awareness, as he said to Jason before, to create that awareness. Success for someone like Daryl is going to be a sort of return to normality in the sense that Cedia over the last couple of years seems to have been more about you know the upper office turmoil, but also about the trade show and, and the trials that that show has gone through. Now we know that the trade show is operated by a different organization, but it's still part of CEDIA. One of the things that I found encouraging in another article that I read, I've not spoken to Daryl myself, but his drive for the first 60 days is about listening, finding mm-hmm. out what the pain points are for the industry, for the organization, talking to people about CEDIA, about the consumer electronics. And I think this is important that he creates more awareness for us in this way. The manufacturers benefit if we have someone strong in leadership position, as you say, driving it forward. The other thing that he mentioned over his first 60 days, it was all about 
workforce development. There's a lot of folks that really want to hone their skills. And if he's going to get CEDIA training back on the map in the sense that more people are spending more time getting certified, there's a lot of new technologies going on within the industry that a lot of people kind of get the, have to get their skills up. And that's key. Also, he had mentioned certifications, which goes, of course, hand in hand with, uh, with this training. And then the consumer outreach part, which we just spoke about a little while ago, getting people to understand that what we do and what we bring as manufacturers and integrators are key. A lot of people want to you know, DIY these things these days, but you can get yourself into an awful lot of trouble with the technologies that we're putting into homes. And you know, it seems simple to do, but you really have to hire someone that really can make sense of a complex system because there are no more simple products anymore. There are no more simple yeah. systems. And while they can do a lot of things on their own, you can also mess things up pretty quickly. So his success is going to be creating a demand for our industry and the professionals in our industry to be up to date with their certifications. So one thing he mentioned to me was I asked him specifically about the apathy. You know, you look mm -hmm. at an organization like the American Truckers Association that has 98% of truckers in it, you know, and Cedia has got, I would say, you know, 10% of yeah. the market that are members and you know why should why can't how can the organization exist with with 90 percent of the people not seeing value in the association in, in the industry association so one thing he mentioned to me picking up on what garth said is he goes he plans to do some real research outside of the cedia membership so he's like you can't ask people within cedia why other people don't join he goes we're going to go outside of the cedia membership to people in the industry and find out why is it you're not you know, what does this association need to do to make you part of the part of the plan? Yeah, I, I think the the thing that should make most members and most prospective members at, at the very least intrigued with this is when you look at his his resume, he was and, and this is from the Variety article. He was their longest or his their long running chief advocacy and public policy officer. And that's when I was on the board, when I got off the board, as soon as I got involved with CD, that was the number one thing that everyone always respectfully whined to me about was nobody advocates for us. Nobody pushes for us as a channel. Well, I think we got the guy who, who at least knows how to do it. And, you know, we talked a lot about his advocacy in the Recording Academy and it, it's long. It, it's a good list of things that he's pushed for and he's fought for. And he's a DC guy. And he's planning to currently stay in D.C. Uh, to help push that that advocacy. So that, that should be fantastic. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics for a moment. This comes to us from CE Pro and Arlen Schweiger. Uh, Legrand is phasing out the Nouveau audio brand. Uh, this is kind of, I don't want to say it came as a surprise per se, but it did come a little bit out of left, left field. I don't think anyone... Uh, who covers this was was fully expecting this, Garth. When when you see this, when you see, um, again a, a big brand like Legrand, shuttering, not selling off, not moving, um, but but literally shuttering one of their, albeit smaller brands, but but still a pretty decent player in that that world, getting rid of Nuvo. Is this is this a sign of the times? Is this just one of those things that that brands have to kind of deal with these days. 
Unfortunately, I think it is. And I think it is a sign of where we are with our home electronics. We spoke about that just a moment ago. And it reminded me almost right away, I was sad to see it go because I built a room addition onto my house back in 2006. And I kid you not, I had wired every wall that I could get to in that addition to have a Nuvo system put in. I had the category cable run. Every light switch had a second one gain connector because I was going to have the selector for the Nuvo system at the time. And by the time I got around to putting it in, it was already beginning to seem passe in the house. If you, mm-hmm. if you set the Wayback Machine to the 70s and the old M&S systems, master and sound, right? Yep. The whole you know, wired intercom system and the large console that was in your wall by your front door. It really is a little bit of that because over time, our home entertainment systems started to become more sophisticated and what we could do there. Transistor radios, every kid in the house had its own little, you know, his own radio so that we didn't need the big M&S systems. Today, fast forward, we look at the Nuvo system and the power and capability that these systems had totally usurped by everybody's own Spotify or Sonos or what have you. In another example, you said, is this a sign of the way things are going to go? I'll give you an example. In my house, I have a wired security system. Everything's cat six back to my uh, central switching area in my uh, uh, closet, right? My kids, the house I'm in today, they're running a wireless security system. No, dad, we don't need cat six running into the house. I don't, I don't need a network switch sitting in a closet somewhere. We'll just run everything wireless. And so this is kind of what we're seeing now, aren't we? It's another type of simplification. And while I'm sad to see Nuvo go away, I kind of understand what Legrand has had to do here. Um, it'd be nice if there was a way that to, to kind of keep that name because it's a great name, but on what? Yeah. Jason, one of the, one of the things that I, I find a little disappointing was I was at um, ISC when they debuted their, their DINRAIL product. And it was like a four zone, four source, like just a beautiful little sleek solution to multi-room in audio. And to see that, to see that die so, so quickly, is this, how much of this is, is pandemic related, shipping related, manufacturing related versus not being able to keep up with current technology demands to, to Garth's point. Is this, is this a a 50, 50 boat? Is this, you know, the, the fact that they couldn't keep up, if you will, with the Sonos of the world, is that what drives this? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I can remember vividly talking to many manufacturers, including Nuvo when, when Sonos debuted, if you recall, nobody thought it was going to stick. Oh, how, how can wireless uh, actually ever outperform hardwired or, and remember Nuvo was one of the innovators with the power line carrier mm-hmm. uh, system too, with, along with rust sound. They de- it was a big hoopla when they debuted it one year at CD Expo. Yep. Um, you know, our latest data showed only about 8% of CE4100 integrators were using uh Nuvo yep. product. So, I can't pretend to know, you know, what the decision-making process was there other than just what was market-related. Um, uh, you know, I th- just look at it as, a, as another one of the uh, – a pioneering brand that had a long, good run. And, um, you know, I think that they, like many of them, Niles and many others, that underestimated the power and success of Sonos um, – ultimately 
it took a while, but ultimately paid the price there um, for wireless usurping their their technology. Do you foresee more brands that are are playing in the multi-room audio space to see significant challenges down the road? The hardwired space? Yeah. Specifically? You know, according to our latest data, integrators still favor hardwired. Now, there's there so still over half of the systems that integrators install are hardwired uh, multi-room audio systems. You know, now has it gotten lower? I think it was like 56%. So it right. was at one time it was 100%. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it that way. They've lost 44% of the market share to the wireless alternatives. Is that trend going to continue? Probably. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of integrators still, especially at the high luxury end, are still going to pull wire and they're still going to have customers who are want that. Mm-hmm. Um so will hard will hardwired systems completely disappear? No, I don't think they will. Um, but will that market share continue to diminish? Because now we see more and more wireless alternatives coming out. You don't see hardwired alternatives coming out on the market much. So um, it's a good question. I, d- I didn't really answer your question because I don't really know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out of a limb. I'll answer it for you because that way yeah. you don't get hate mail, but I do. I, I think they've, they've got a lot of catching up to do if they want to stay relevant. Um, I was, I was sad to see Nuvo go when, when I got the email. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of did one of those, I'm amazed they lasted this long. Just, it's, it's a tough one. Um, and I say that with, of course, all due respect. All right, let's, let's change topics before I really dig a big hole there. Um, this comes to us from residential systems, Azion unlimited and nationwide marketing group are merging, creating a large per- portfolio of capabilities for over 150 custom integrators in the smart home market and uh, of course the the huge list of nationwide uh, members as well Jason this is a this really surprised me uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly blunt about it I, I did not expect to see this um, nationwide's portfolio of, of brands and of and of members, is definitely much more in the appliance and and you know uh, retail environment space. That that is that is their space. Is is this as odd a partnership as it, it seems to be to me, or am I am I missing the 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 the, the meat of this this partnership? Well, <clears throat> let me look at the pros of what I see coming from it, um, okay. and the. Um, the one thing I really can't, <clears throat> I know, I don't know to where it's going to settle out with the various brands that rep, that uh, that are sold through both of the buying groups. But mm-hmm. from the pro standpoint, you know, I know that Richard has been a big proponent. Richard Glykes, who's the executive president and CEO of Azion, has been a big proponent of trying to, to get integrators into the smart appliance space, and. Um, Hardly any integrators are in the smart appliance space. Let's let's be honest. It's a tough one, but it it is going to grow. I don't see that part. I don't see the hub of the kitchen, which is the central point of the house, not being a much more connected environment. And for integrators to let these um, super expensive ex, ex, uh, appliances be specced 
and put in by designers or somebody else without them having any input as to whether or not they're controllable is a mistake. So I think that there's a positive there that more integrators, meaning the ASEON integrators, the 237 ASEON members, mm -hmm. are going to be introduced to smart appliances. And I think that that's, an, that's something that they need to be pushing and talking to their customers on a more consistent basis. I think I've always been amazed at the marketing element of Nationwide. When you go there and you see what they're able to do with TV commercials for their members, radio commercials, um, and it's uh, it's like a full-blown studio. They have a full-blown studio at yeah. Nationwide. So the fact that then the ASEAN members are going to get access to that marketing, I think, is also very, very positive. Now, granted, everybody's so busy right now, nobody's really doing a whole heck of a lot of marketing. I get it. But it, the, the, the more forward-thinking integrators are thinking ahead to when things do slow down and things will slow down at some point, uh, that they should be adept at marketing in their local communities. Um, and then I know Garth was mentioning it earlier. I think on the flip side of that, the positive is that these retailers at Nationwide are going to get exposed to ASEAN's training, which is um, very specific and very robust in terms of bringing them more into the smart home space. So I think there's some positives that come from it. Again, the brand juggling, I don't know where that's going to end up. I know you have some thoughts on that, Matt. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Garth, w when you see this, I, as I kind of mentioned in, in the pre-show chat, one of the things that concerns me is retail has always been a delicate nut when you're dealing with custom integration. There are retail partners that, that work in our space that are very good, but that's a, you know, if you, if you pull the, the CD membership, and even the non-members of Cedia, the numbers of true integrators that operate retail, it's a, it's a small percentage. My concern is I don't see a lot of integrators all of a sudden selling Frigidaire refrigerators. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that mix. I don't see you trying to sell, you know, a four post bed, which is what a lot of nationwide customers do. But I see a great opportunity for ASEAN vendor members to get in with all of these retail outlets. And, you know, it it's giving me bad flashbacks of when Sonos first started and then went retail. And how that seemingly hurt a lot of integrators and soured a lot of integrators. Am I, am I oversimplifying this? Am I, am I looking too deep at this? Well, I, th I think we have to let a little bit of this play out and see what happens. And in the sense of, you know, full disclosure, uh, as you know, as I work for at Lona, we have had a very long and, and fruitful partnership with ASEON. So we see a lot of positives that come out of this. And I'll, I'll underline something that Jason just said. When you look at the training capabilities that ASEON has, especially to the CI dealer, you know, there's a lot of training that can happen for the partners coming from nationwide. So you can see mm -hmm. their environment expanding. You can see how they look at the electronics that they will now get access to and how they can be sold. We still have to understand that a lot of those companies will still require their partners to be certified in order to sell certain products. So that will improve 
the ability of these folks to actually move these boxes or these types of systems. Also, you look at the capabilities, again, going back to something Jason said a little while ago, you look at the marketing capability and even the HR capability uh, that Nationwide brings to the table to the ASEAN partners. So you can see that there's, there's some win-wins happening there. But let's connect the dots to an earlier part of our discussion. When we look at the CEDIA organization embracing custom kitchen and baths, okay, and they've been making this move for a while on the CEDIA side of things, this kind of reflects that because we look at some of the devices going in to the smart home today. You know, we're seeing Samsung refrigerators connecting to their owners' networks. Okay, and we can see the home as the centerpiece, sorry, the kitchen as the centerpiece of many homes. Things are getting ever more connected. So there's a benefit to these integrators uh, and nationwide partners, you know, understanding the full picture and the ASEAN partners understanding an even uh, bigger picture than they already deal it with with custom homes. So my take is, let's see how this plays out. I think it, there's a lot of positive capabilities here. All right, let's uh, we'll 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 watch and we'll see what happens with this. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us. We're gonna leave it there. Garth, if people want to connect with you, learn more about everything that Athlona has, where can they do that? Absolutely, Athlona is simple. It's athlona.com. You can see everything that we've got. They want to connect with me directly. It's garth.loban at athlona.com. Excellent. Thank you, sir, Mister Nod. If people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro. Where can they do that? Obviously, go straight to our website, cepro.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at Jason W. Not. Excellent. Thank you both uh, for joining us. Thank you for, for listening to us and, and joining us that way. If you'd like to connect with me or, or send me hate mail, you can do that at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.